So I think you bring up a good point, JK, with, with the season being as is and there being a lot of unknowns and we only know what we've seen up to the certain point, right? I think that's a good question for what we want to discuss. Who do you, who do you guys think would be MVP as of the given eight of games played? Oh, Go for it. I want to hear JK say it. Say it, JK. Say it. Say it. Say it. Given the way that the season has ended so wait, far. Wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pause you beforehand. Tell us who you think it's going to be and who it should be. That's, that's the two. That's the two. I think it's going to be LeBron because, A, he's been the most hyped player this season. And basically, you know, like, he – like, the hype has always been around the Lakers. You know, they're number one in the West. Uh, you know, they're the second-best te- uh, second team in the league. So, you know, it, it makes sense – for the league to give him the trophy, and especially with the turnaround that the Lakers had over last season to this season. Um, and I don't think that, that that happens without him. Music to my ears. <laughs> Yo, let me make a look back. <laughs> okay, who should it be? Who should it be? Yeah. Honestly, like, yeah, it, it's between him and Giannis, and Giannis hasn't done anything differently than he did last season. Uh, which he was MVP, but at the same time, I like to see like my MVPs grow as a player. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you compare last season to this season, like maybe if the Bucks like hat were like fighting for like, yo, 70 wins or something, maybe you can put Giannis in that discussion, but I don't see anything different between the Bucks last season and this season where I can see the Lakers have grown like enormous amounts between the two seasons. All right. I feel you. I feel you. Rosh, what do you think? Let me hear a piece first, because I'm actually going to blow this whole thing up. If I think he's going to say who I think he's going to say. So I love everything JK said, but unfortunately, I have to go with the exact opposite of what you said. Um, ideally, I think LeBron should get it, um, but I think Giannis is going to take it. The problem being... Um, all the hype, all the conversations before all, all of this stuff went down was about Giannis versus LeBron. And they're saying, nope, Giannis has got this. Uh, the team itself had a better overall record. Um, and, you know, everything was going in their favor. However, towards that last weekend, coming out of the weekend, uh, the Lakers beat the top two teams that were, you know, being in the news, the Clippers and uh, the Bucks. So I think he made a point for himself to become the leader for the MVP race. Unfortunately, I think we're going to get into the problem of not enough games played post that conversation. So Lakers could have gone on another seven, eight game run. Uh, I think LeBron was slowly stealing away the MVP race from Giannis, but with where they were and where they are right now, I think Giannis had it and he just, he's going to miss out on opportunity without any more games to steal it. Who won uh, last year MVP? Giannis. Giannis. Giannis, right? And we've had a back-to-back uh, MVP book many times before, right? Yep. I know Steve Nash, either he did back-to-back or he, like, he had a year LeBron. in between. Um, so this did is it too, I think. Who did, LeBron? Yeah, yep. he had a few. I think, yeah, I think repeat's not uh, been done many times. So this is the question that comes down, right? The way I like to look at it is the way I see MVP. If you remove that player from that team, 
now where is that team, right? Because that guy is the most valuable player to his team. And so, like, if you remove LeBron from the Lakers, and, like, the Lakers were playing without Kobe and LeBron for a while, and they were sucking, right? So maybe, maybe LeBron's the MVP because maybe the Lakers tank, but now the Lakers are a lot better than they used to be. Like, AD is a big contributor. Kuz is not bad. He helps. Um, but I think if you remove Giannis, that team tanks. Like, they go that's from the number true. one powerhouse. That's huh? They've been blowing out teams even when Giannis isn't on the floor. Like, even when Giannis They're is- good. No, I mean, they're good. They have Middleton. They have some good pieces. I like their team. So, so Rosh is kind of right because with Giannis out of the game or with him in the game, let's say, with Giannis in the game, per 100 possessions, the opposing, ski- uh, opposing team scores 10 less points per game. The opposing team scores 10 less points when he's out of the game? Per 100, no, with him in the game, they score 10 points less per 100 possessions. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And that just shows you his defensive presence, right? That's not even factoring in his offensive presence. Correct. I think offensively that number isn't as high. Like, the number on offense without LeBron is much higher. Like, LeBron, taking LeBron off that team, the team Lakers do way worse than, than Milwaukee does when they're on – when Giannis is on the floor. Because they're also playing harder teams and in the West, right? They're playing the harder teams more often, right? So that, right. that's also the reason. But go ahead. Sorry. Just want to jump in. No, I mean, th- I mean that's how I normally look at MVP. Um, if you remove this guy from this team, where is that team without him, right? For the longest time, like, James Harden was missing out on MVPs. And, like, I hate James Harden, so I'm happy with him not winning it. But, like, I realize that, dude, if you remove James Harden from the Rockets, that team is not number three, number four in the West anymore. Like, that team tanks. And so, for many years, I thought he should be winning MVP. For many years, I thought Kobe should be winning MVP because Kobe was literally the only reason that team was barely getting into the playoffs or maybe they were already a playoff team, but he was taking them to the top of the West rather than somewhere towards the bottom of the West. Um, if you look at their numbers, right, Giannis plays five, almost five minutes less than LeBron, but he scores more points, more rebounds, and – more blocks, right? Assists and steals are the only categories that he's under LeBron. Um, and so Giannis not only statistically looks to be better, but I think if you remove Giannis, the Bucks aren't the Bucks. They're not number one in the East. If you remove LeBron, sure, maybe Lakers aren't number one in the West anymore, but they're still in the playoffs and they're still a team to be reckoned with. So wait, who's your, who's your MVP and who should it be? What do you think it is? I think LeBron wins MVP. Um, and I think Giannis winning it last year actually hurts him a little bit, but I think I would give it to Giannis. So dating back to 2000, how many players do you think have gotten back, like, back to back? Back to back? Yeah, that's a good question, because I know it's, I know it's been done. Uh, I can name Back to 2000, you say? Since 2000. 20 years. LeBron did it twice. LeBron did it twice. Tim Duncan. Steph Curry, Steve Nash, and Steph Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Five people. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. That's so sick. I, I, honestly, I feel like it happens more often than you think it does. Rush. Yeah. Five, five and twenty years. Yeah. That's that's pretty considerate. That's, uh, that's ten years. Right. MVPs. Minimum. Yeah. He's also the type of player that I absolutely can see doing it too. It's not like he's yeah, just playing all right numbers. Like he's he's killing it. Right. The unfortunate thing is I think the people who vote on it normally go for whoever's the hottest team 
they whoever's the best player on the hottest team gets their vote, right? Like last year, the Bucks being the number one seed by a long shot um, in the East made him the clear favorite. And again, I think the Bucks are like way ahead in they're, the season. They're four games above the Lakers. Above they're, the Lakers, right? But they're in different yeah. conferences. How much ahead are they than the number two seed in the East? Milwaukee. Ooh. Milwaukee seven is games. seven games because Toronto's at or 40. Six, six and a half games, yeah. technically. Okay, so that's not that much, right? Because I remember last year, they were, like, way ahead of number two seed. Yeah. They had a crazy record. So let me give you a couple quick stats, which actually don't play in favor of either of you two, but they play both hey, sides. Before you do so. it, can I give my pick real quick so then I can look stupid with them or not with them? Yeah. I think it looks smarter stupid. All right, so I think LeBron should win it. Giannis is going to win it. Because if you look at the advanced statistics or whatever, they, the win share, because I think that's a big part of this is win share. How much is your team winning? They're almost identical at 11.1 and 11.04. Their defensive um, um, real plus minus is 2.5 versus 2.3. Everything is pretty much the same. Only LeBron played three more games on four more minutes. But I think the difference is Giannis is the hotter name right now, and the team is – slightly better, but I think it should be LeBron because, look, you're playing a harder conference, and your team does way worse without you. With that little stretch that LeBron was out, that team struggled. They, they yeah. won games, but they struggled. Versus Giannis, they, they bench Giannis in the fourth because they're up so much anyway. So, so, perfect transition. Let me drop this stat. So, yeah. the Bucks without Giannis this season are 5-0. and oh. uh, They shoot 51%, uh, 43.7 from three-point range. Uh, 82% uh, free throws. They score about 125 a game with a differential of about 17. But, but the teams that they're also playing are 99 and 167. So they, they have like a 37% winning, uh, winning rate. So yes, they're winning without him, but they're also playing crappier teams. So yeah. it, it's to both sides of what you guys have been saying. Well, maybe that's smart coaching, right? Maybe they're resting him against shitty opponents and – it's working, right? They're five and zero without him. Um, do you know what the record is with LeBron sitting? Because I know he sat a decent amount this season. Um, you see him like with a suit jacket on every now and then on the sidelines. But I bet they're not undefeated. Um, and I bet he sat more than five games. Giannis obviously is like twenty five, and uh, LeBron is what? He's like in his thirties already, thirty two. Yeah, just um, retire already. He's he's probably getting there. I actually wonder, like, if he's trying to hold out to see if his son makes the league, and then they do like a year of overlap. But I think his son is like still like in high school. His son's like fourteen years old. Yeah, so he's so it's a minimum another, like, of like five, five years. years. Yeah, I don't know if he's got five well, more years. It's gonna be. They're probably gonna let um, high school kids play, like right out the right out the gate again. That would help. Yeah, their his odds of being it'll able to overlap. It'll be about three years because. This season's pretty much done. All right. My um, vote is Giannis for MVP. Um, I think I. LeBron's 35, not 32. So he is in his 40s when Bronny comes out. I mean, 40's been done, right? Isn't Vince Carter right now 40? Yeah. I, I mean, it's not yeah. a little. Huh? It's doable. It, it, it's doable by LeBron because he is like one of those like specimen type athletes. Yeah, he's a compliment from JK today on LeBron is like really weird. I literally like my mouth feels weird. I'm gonna have to like put a bar <laughs> of soap in there. Like I don't know, I like so, I, I just don't like the things that are coming out of my mouth right now. 
<laughs> Interesting. So we got a split here, right? We've got Arash and JK uh, with LeBron. We got me and Gogo with Giannis. So we'll see where it goes. We would like a flip of who it should be and who it's gonna be. That's yeah. So we'll see where that goes. So Gogo, let's 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 try another category. All right, rookie of the year. I think this is a more hotly debated one. Um, I'm gonna just jump in. I'm just gonna go and start it off. I think that the rookie of the year should be John Moran. And I think it will be John Morant. No rookie has no rookie has won rookie of the year playing less than 50 games. And I think that matters. So who wants to go? Uh, go for it. Go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, Zion Williamson, sure, his numbers look better. He looks like he, you know, he's killing it, but he's only played 19 games. And with them having, what, 18 left, he could play a max of 37 games, which is, like, less than half the season. Um, there's just no way. There's not enough uh, sample size there for him. 19 games is fourth of the season. Um, John Morant, you know, he, he basically played 60 games. He could have played 76. Uh, he's averaging, what, almost 18 a game, shooting about 50%, seven rebounds – or three-and-a-half rebounds, seven assists a game. I mean, I think that's a clear-cut uh, rookie of the year. Yep. Arash? I, um, why? Who do you think? Who do I think? I think John Morant's going to win based off solely the fact that, you know, like he has the games behind him. But I, ideally, I'd want Zion to win because you can see the turnaround in the Pelicans with Zion. And his numbers are a whole different team. Yeah, it's a whole different team. And, you know, like, they're, they've been able to compete a lot better. And for me, like, that's what the rookie of the year is all about. It's like, who's been able to elevate their team and be that guy that, like, is taking that team to the next the level? Yo, JK, but my question would be, in those games, he's playing in 19 games, what teams have they played? Have they played elite teams? Have they played mediocre teams where they could have won with or without them anyways? I would have to look into that research, but <laughs> like, no, all but I know is like, like Zion for me has been that guy that's like made me more intrigued about watching the game. No doubt, like John Morant's been killing it too. Like, and you see his highlights, like you see Zion's highlights, you see John Morant's highlights. But what's making me like more attracted to watch the TV? You know, like. So I, I will. I'll give you one quick uh, thing. Why I've been holding on to this little bit of a grudge of why I don't think about him as that elite top guy to put the team on his back yet. Last year in March Madness, right? It came down to Duke. It came down to Zion Williamson. Down three points. He makes an and one bucket. All he has to do is shoot the free throw, clutch. Uh, you know, they take the lead. Absolutely misses that. Doesn't doesn't carry the team. Someone else has to put a put back hey. in the bucket. Back of that, hold on. I'm not a Duke fan. Let me say that right off yeah. the bat. But R.J. Barrett didn't pass the ball. He he thought he was the Maple Mamba, and he wasn't. And he fell flat in his face. That's fine. He's on the ball now. I told you, this is my personal biased opinion of why I don't think he can carry the team yet. And I wanted to see, since they're doing a they're, – they're fighting for the playoffs, right? I would love to see what came down the stretch. Does he continue what he's doing, or do they throw double guys at him? Do they change the whole defensive scheme and then stop him and see if he can actually get past and, and And that's the whole reason why I'm saying that he's not going to win. He doesn't have the volume behind him. But at the rate that he was going, I feel like he would have won. Yeah, I feel you. I think I, yeah, I, think I agree with uh, JK. I think 
Zion was gaining momentum. I mean, they're both polarizing figures, which is great for the NBA. Like the fact that no, more, more years than now, you probably have one guy that looks like he's going to grab the attention. But the fact that you have Ja and Zion um, is awesome for the league. Like Ja, like, wasn't it like against Cleveland where he like almost like teabagged uh, Kevin Love when he was going yeah. for a dunk? And then he did something like similar to Anthony Davis when yeah. they were playing for the Lakers. So like as much of a polarizing figure as Zion is, Jaw is actually almost right there with him. Um, but I think people want to see Zion, right? Like people want to see him explode. They want to see him do well, as do I. Like there's something about him, his name, his size, the way he plays. Like his I feel like he's in the side of his head. Yeah, dude. Like he's just like he's got that. I don't know what kind of mentality he is or what, but like he's just this like big figure, and so. Um, of like what Shaq used to do, right? Like he's this posterizing player, but yeah. nothing can do to stop him in the post. Yeah, it's um. I think the season getting cut short hurts him, right? Like not only was he already gonna have too few of games compared to Jaw, but now like he's basically got nothing compared to Jaw. And like depending on how they try to resume the season, I doubt there's enough playoff or regular season games. He could only um, play 37 max games if they played out the rest of the season. Yeah, it's not going to be enough. Um, so I think Jaw wins it as a default, but maybe he should win it anyways because, like, he's been playing great. Like, it, um, his numbers are not good, right? 17.6 points per game compared to a 23.6 for Zion. So yeah, Zion's it's scoring. It's a, huh? volume, it's a volume thing, right? Right, right. So less games um, for Zion, and he's got about six more points than Jaw. But um, the fun thing is going to be – to see, because the way the season ended, I forget what the Western Conference standings were, but I think I recall Memphis being at the eighth seed, and then Pelicans were right there, right at nine or ten. They're at ten. Right, they're, so at, they're, they're at ten right now. They're four games behind. Four games behind, yeah. So it would have been fun to see if the season played out the way it was going, see if the Pelicans could somehow work their way up and maybe knock out the um, knock out the Grizzlies because maybe that would have factored into people's bias and being like, oh, now we got to give Zion rookie the air. He carried his team past Jaws' team into the playoffs. Only one thing that would knock on what you said uh, about the 17.6 versus 23.6 is Jaw Morant is also uh, tripling the assist that Zion is giving out as well. So you can't take away from those points that are being contributed there as well. So. For sure. For, so definitely he's scoring, you know, six points more, but he's also giving almost seven assists per game versus to 2.2 assists per game. So For sure, yeah, and that's indicative of the position he plays, right? Jaw handles the ball a lot more in his offense, um, whereas Zion requires other people to facilitate the ball to him to score. Um, well, my question for you, Pete, is how many balls has Jaw been sending into, like, the fourth or fifth row in, the, like, the stands? He hasn't been sending him into the stands because he's been nutmegging or jumping like uh, like Kevin Love basically ending their careers. He's, he's throwing <laughs> them down, not out. You're forgetting that Zion's also doing that to those same players. Yeah, I know. Dude, at the end of the day, I get it. Like, Zion is the flashy player to watch. But I think towards Ja Morant, towards that, toward the end of the season, was becoming that player you want to watch because he's got, like, the explosiveness of, like, Russell Westbrook. But he's also got the finesse where – he knows what to do, slow down the game, but he can speed it up. He doesn't play 100 miles an hour the whole time. My, my real question to you is, name the third guy on the Memphis Grizzlies. Name the third guy on the Pelicans. And so you, Pelicans, you've got uh, – you Name the 35. Well, Pelicans are all former Lakers, so it's easy. you got Brandon yeah. Ingram. you got J.J. Redick, uh, who wasn't yeah. a former Laker. But you got Lonzo. you got Josh Hart. You're forgetting their best player, Drew Holiday. You're better than all of them. Yeah. 
But Grizzlies is a good question because I don't yeah, know who exactly. the hell is on Grizzlies. Exactly. They lost Iguodalu. Oh, they got Justice Winslow, right? From Miami. Yeah. But yeah, their team is not as notable. But hey, they're in the eighth seed. If the playoffs start tomorrow, they're playing the Lakers, which will be fun to see John LeBron go at it. But it would have been fun to see Zion and LeBron go at it. Like the two games that the Pelicans the played ma- against. The, the matchup of the Pelicans versus the Lakers would have been much better than It would have been fun. And like the, it would have been entertaining. The Pelicans competed too when Zion came in uh, into the season and they had two games against the Lakers and they competed um, pretty well with the Lakers. I actually think Memphis is a better matchup for the Lakers. We had this conversation, right, on one of our episodes. Yep. I think Memphis is a better matchup for the Lakers. I don't think they would have played as well against the Pelicans. I, I agree with you, yeah. I mean, they're going to win either. They're going to they're gonna pretty much go either 4-0 or 5-4-1. or four and one Realistically, who do you guys think – who do you guys envision having, A, a longer career or most likely to win an NBA championship? Out of those two? Out of those two, John Moran and Zion. Ideally, I think it should be Zion, but I'm not sold on his durability yet. Uh, coming out of college, coming into NBA, being overweight, we've had this conversation. Unless he gets in shape more, I don't see his career lasting very long. Hmm. I, I don't know. It's about pieces. Like, Ja, if he doesn't have any other piece, he's not going to go anywhere. Like, you can already see – uh, the Pelicans, they have Brandon Ingram, they have Drew Holiday, they have Zion, they have these pieces, they have, what's their center's name that they drafted too? Um, Jackson Hayes? I'm not blanking on the center. I'm, I'm Google the center that they also got. But, I mean, they have all the pieces to be good in four years, three years, like as a team. So I would imagine Zion. Yeah, it's Jackson Hayes. Yeah. In Texas? Yeah. Yep. That would be interesting. But, yeah, I think if I had to put my money on it, I'd put it on Jod win it all. All right. Well, let's go to the most improved player for next year. Um, who wants – Rosh, you want to take this one off? Uh, I think it's clear, man. And it's only clear to me because I was a Laker – I'm a Laker fan, and so I used to watch this guy all the time. And he looks night and day um, to what he's doing now. Brandon Ingram is killing it for the Pelicans. Um and the fact that he was an all-star um, speaks to it because he was nowhere close to even being considered as an all-star when he played for the Lakers. And he was the number two pick in the NBA draft. Um, so I don't know what they're doing different with him because um, it's not like he wasn't getting the ball in L.A. And there was no LeBron for the most part um, while Brandon Ingram was there. And um, they got him Lonzo, who's a guy who dishes the ball to him just as much as um, Lonzo's doing it now. But they're doing something different with him or maybe he's doing something different but he's killing it. Um, so I, I don't care who number the other options are. Brandon Ingram is my vote. Uh, let me follow with that. Uh, I, I agree. I think it's the same person. Um, I think, you know, the first, as soon as he left, he said, you know, I kind of was able to go out and kind of just ball out. I think the pressure of the organization being a Laker win now mentality while you're trying to develop as a young player doesn't work out too well for some of these newer players. Like we saw that happen with D Lowe. He said the best thing that could happen to him was to leave the Lakers and then he flourished as well. Um, but with that being said, I think it ties into that as well as the burden was kind of almost put on his shoulders with Zion being out. Like, Hey, you're a go-to guy. Like this is the time to shine. Like if you're going to do it, like let's make a name for yourself right now. Um, you know, he went from, 
what, the previous season, he was scoring about 18 points a game. He's scoring 24, uh, averaging maybe another extra six and a half at four and a half. Um, but I think the main thing that was crazy was his free throw shooting was terrible last season. Um, he was shooting uh, about 67%. And this season coming in, he increased it by 20%, uh, 86%. And while shooting the same amount per game, so about six attempts a game. So I think that was pretty phenomenal for him to pick that up as well. Okay. I mean, I'm going to have to basically agree. Like, in the beginning half of the season, everyone was – and partially because of the fact that Zion's been out, everyone was just talking about Brandon Ingram. Now, the only issue that I have with him is ever since Zion did come back, he's been completely – at least you're not hearing his name as much as they used to. Um, and personally, I'm a fan of Brandon Ingram. I like the way that he plays the game. The only person that I'd say maybe you could swap him out with is the guy who actually won it last year. And it, that feels weird. Like, how's the most improved going to win most improved again? Pascal Siakam, like, the Raptors lost their best player, and they haven't lost – like, they haven't gotten any worse, you know. Like, in fact, I feel like they've gotten better, and that's partially because of Siakam's just been improving as a player every single game. Um, I – his numbers haven't improved like how uh, Brandon Ingram's has. There's been slight – it's been slightly better, but at the same time, like, it's not like the same type of jump that Brandon Ingram had. It's just the fact that the team hasn't missed to be, and I feel like it's because of that player. But overall, I think it's Brandon Ingram. Um, he's going to win it all. B.I. Yo, there is one guy um, I kind of just thought about, uh, but bam. That's uh, what I was going to say. That's he, I think he should get recognition for what he's done. Like, I think he's killed it. Uh, he's kind of – well, he became like – like uh, was he the was he shooting threes, like, towards the end? Or I don't remember, but – A little bit. I My pick was Bam. He has a higher win share. He's a defensive force. He guards pretty much three to five. I, I think that he is the clear cut. Like, Brandon Ingram for me is – my would be my like, third place vote. My second place vote would be Luka. I agree with that, but they won't give it to him. Like, you know how – I understand, but, like, Luca's look at – Luca last year was already balling out. This year he's taken that to the next level, and I get that they won't give it to him, but I think it's Bam. Bam is – they usually do MIPs for someone that, like, you don't expect to come to that next level, right? Brandon Ingram, in my opinion, has been disappointment up until this point, right? Versus yeah. Bam, he's giving you more upside than you thought he might have had. From the beginning, so I, I, I'm going down. I mean, I agree with you on that. He's also got two triple doubles this season. Um, but like, yeah, that, that's the thing I hate about this is like Luka Doncic was already having a killer first season, and I think if you have a killer first season and you just increase a little bit more, shouldn't be a penalty that it wasn't that big of a jump because he he was shooting 50% from mid range and he, he increased it to 57, and overall his shooting field goal went up like four percent, which for a guy that's already shooting almost 50%, that's insane to have gone up 3 4% versus someone that may have sucked the previous year and then increased it by 15% or whatever, which let's say you went from 30 to 45. That, that really doesn't matter. You should be there. But, I mean, think about the award. It's called the most improved player. It wasn't a big enough improvement. Yeah. Like... No, I get it. That's why I'm, I'm saying that that's why I know Luka Doncic won't get it. Yeah. Okay. 
I think I, I will, he deserves it, but I don't think he's he wouldn't get it. Basically, the, reason, the other reason why I don't think Luca would get it is because I don't know. For me, Luca's in the top five for MVP voting. Like he's gonna be in top five of MVP voting. Like people are giving giving him third place vote for sure. Yeah, I think that like kind of is like you're kind of MVP. I mean, like it's like I don't know. Yeah, you got better, but like you got so much better. That's not an MIP level kind of thing. It's a MVP level. I don't know. Maybe that's why. So wait, um, you guys all say Bi or Ingram? That's who should yep. get it and who's gonna get it? Bi. I, I think he's gonna end up getting it, but I think Bam should get it. I just he also won the um, skills challenge. I said. As a big man, what the hell? Dude, he's an athlete, man. I mean, he was playing like that at University of Kentucky before he even got into the NBA. And his game is only going further and developing more. Um, so, yeah, I think the thing I like about him is that he's not like a um, uh, Julius Randle or whatever, where he just pushes the ball up the court, right? Like, they're, I think the big men are starting to become that, where Draymond Green, those guys can push it. But more so probably Draymond Green does this, where they can run half-court sets as well. He's smart enough to run a set versus just – push the ball, run down the court, slam it. Oh, he can do both. I think that's mm-hmm. that's huge, you know. Miami has stumbled into a few of these uh, University of Kentucky players, like who aren't like lottery picks, but who have ended up actually being uh, huge steals. Um, Tyler Hero, the guy that they drafted this past year, uh, he's, he's a beast. Like, he's killing it. He's in some of these categories um, of consideration for Rookie of the Year and whatnot. That guy was uh, right off the bat, like um, Summer League, he was going off and draining threes, and he's maintained that throughout the year. And Bam, obviously, I don't think I don't think he was a lottery pick. I forget where he got drafted, um, a first rounder for sure. But um, they stumbled into him, and they stumbled into Tyler, and both of them have been awesome contrib- contributors to that team. Which is why Spolster is in the coach of the year conversation in the first place is because of those two players. Yeah, he was a fourteenth pick. So. Yeah. Pat Riley knows what he's doing in the front office. That's, that's so 14 is technically lottery, right? That's the last pick you can be considered a lottery pick. Yeah. I think for top 14, right? Isn't that a lottery pick consideration? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That was 10. No. It goes past 10. I think it, it stops past 10. 10. Um, so let's talk about coach of the year. Spolster is a candidate, but that's not the guy that I would vote for. The guy that I would vote for, J.K. actually kind of hinted to it, but let me hear what you guys say first. I can I can do it for you. Um, I think it's Nick Nurse. I mean, That's he, I he beat. That's who Vegas. I got. Vegas had him at 46 wins. They have 46 wins right now. So um, Dude, he's unreal, man. You lost the best player in the league, yeah. and you're freaking right at the top, same spot you were last year. Nope. I yeah. I mean, I there. I don't think there's a second. The only other person to be considered is Billy Donovan. They gave up everything for picks. All you have is CP3, and you're still, what, the sixth seed, I believe? I'm going to check, but you're still the fifth seed. You've won 40 games in the West. I mean, that's the only yeah. other person. So, yeah. No, without a doubt, it's Nick Nurse, man. Like, every, everything that you said, like, you lose the best player, and you're still the second-best team in the East. Like, yeah. how, how are you not? going to win coach of the year yeah they still have like good players right like pascal siakam you just said was a candidate for you for one of these awards he's the former sixth man of the year award winner um kyle lowry i i don't think he's that great of an athlete but he's obviously still considered a top 15 
at least point guard. Maybe well, even I mean, no, think, think, think about it. Like, who on their team is a top five player at their position? Yeah, none of them. Like, none that I would take top five. I think right now the only person I would maybe consider is Siakam. But even then, like, he, yeah, like, he, like, he's not there. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of players that I'd rather have over him. Their team, yeah, their team's not filled with scrubs, um, but they still have good players, I guess, is my point. But, like, it doesn't matter, right? Like, when you lose the best player on a team, whether the team still has good players or not, there's, like, an emotional, psychological effect that takes place for that roster when you lose that kind of player, right? Like, we're humans. There's an emotional aspect to it. And the fact that they just continued on and rebounded and didn't go to a slump um, speaks to coaching. Like, there's nothing else that goes um, – that deserves credit more than that. Nick Nurse gets my vote, and I'm I think he's going to go with, away with a landslide for that. Yeah. What about you, Pete? You've been staying quiet for this conversation. So, uh, I'll give it to Frank Vogel. No. <laughs> Uh, no, it's definitely Nick Nurse, uh, Kawhi left, Danny Green left, which I think was a, uh, it doesn't sound like a big piece, but last year in the playoffs, he, he was shooting like when he was on the Spurs. So I think that was a huge piece. Pascal Siakam has missed 10 games this season. Um, Serge Ibaka, Pau Gasol haven't played since January 28th. With all that said, they are back to where they were expected to be currently right now. So, um, definitely that, but I, I did want to give a shout out and I, I know you guys are going to laugh, but I think Frank Vogel um, should just get a mention um, in the sense of, I get that he's given LeBron James and he's given Anthony Davis, but by no means does that always mean that the team's going to do well or do great or be the first in the West. Um, you've seen coaches like Mike D'Antoni, right? He's given a lot of good pieces and he was out within what, like a quarter, quarter of the season. If that, he made it like 15, 20 games. Um, you know, Byron Scott, all these guys, I think with the organization with the win now mentality of what the Lakers are, I think he gets a mention, but he definitely would not win it over Nick Nurse. But I think it's, uh, there's a point there with that, with what he's doing and then being number one in the West for the Lakers itself. I agree. I agree. Yeah, dude. Like, Vogel, like the team that this team that the Lakers have right now is basically the same except for Anthony Davis. Right. And it's right. not like, the Lakers were the seventh seed or the sixth seed, and now they're the one seed. They weren't even in the playoffs last year, and they weren't even like a fringe ninth or tenth seed.